with us. Let's worship. We're so glad that you're here. Smiles on your faces. I sense some joy in this place today. God, we welcome you here. We thank you that your mercies are new every morning. We worship and praise you and we glorify your name. I was buried beneath my shame.
called our name. He chose us. He chose you. I searched the world.
loves the sound of your voice. God, thank you for joy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You turn shame into glory. God, you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You always do. You're so faithful. You turn our shame into glory. You turn our sickness into healing. You turn our pain into praise because you love us. You're so good. I had the verse come to my mind this morning. Be still and know that I am God. But the Hebrew of that, be still, means to let go of your grip. To let it go. This next song we're singing is I Surrender. And I think that's what that verse means. Surrender and let God. What do you need to surrender today? Is it your finances? Is it your health? Is it anger? Is it bitterness? Is it sadness? Let those go and let God. If you put yourself in that posture of praise, of letting go, you have open hands to receive. So God, here we are. We surrender again. We surrender ourselves. We surrender our thoughts. We surrender our hearts because they're better in your hands anyway. Here I am down on my knees again, surrendering all. Surrendering all and find me here, Lord, as you draw me near, desperate for you, I'm desperate for you. I surrender.
You can be seated. Let's pray together. Father, what a privilege it is to be in your house, to be among friends, family, and guests. Father, we're grateful for our online community, our online uh, family that are participating with us today and watching from all over the place, and we're, we welcome them today. And Lord, our heart today, our heart, we're, we want to surrender. We want to give all to you. We want to literally take up residence in you. The word is abide, where we literally are going to move in. We're just pulling up stakes, Lord, and we're going to move in with you and move into you and abide in you. Thank you. Thank you for your presence here this morning. Father, I ask today for those that are watching, those that are here, is that your Holy Spirit throughout this service, that you will be yourself among your people that you will feel so at home, so hosted, so welcomed, that you would simply move among the congregation as you will and for your good pleasure. And Lord, my ask is, even as, as Russ said about, do you want a miracle? Do you want to heal? Lord, I'm asking you to throw the, blow the lid off this place. No hindrances, no holding back, no fear no religious fear, but Lord, just a pure openness to you to say whatever you want, Lord. And Lord, may we have the courage and even the audacity to say, why not here? Why not now? Why not us? So Lord, I'm asking that you would continue to pour out your presence and your spirit even through this whole time of our gathering here. And Lord, that wherever people are watching online, they would sense, feel, and know the atmosphere that we are experiencing here right now. And that the air that they breathe would be the air that we're breathing right here, right now. I ask as, as a favor for them, wherever they are. We love you. We honor you in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen, amen and amen. Wow. Isn't God good, family? It's amazing. Such a worship is, you know, we talked last week about redigging the wells, and for me, worship is that. It's redigging the wells. And so every time I get the privilege of playing with this amazing team, it's, it's, um, 
for me, it's redigging a well, and it's just it always it refills my tank, and uh, just fills my bucket to overflowing. So, just beautiful. Thank you, Lord, for that. Well, my name is Jimmy Pruitt, and the lead pastor here at the Bridge. I want to say welcome. Thanks for being here with us today. You walked into an atmosphere that was already saturated with his presence because we already had a service before you got here today and it was a beautiful time, great time together. So you're coming in and, and you're sitting on warm seats, which is wonderful. And just so enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy what's happening here. And for those of you watching online, I want to welcome you as well. And again, thanks for being with us and always let us know where you're listening from or where you're watching from. And if you want to comment or ask questions or get involved in the conversation, feel free to do that, especially on Facebook has a great uh, feature there. You can in real time. Uh, click on and let us know. So we'd love to love to connect with you. And by the way, if you're watching online, you have any prayer needs, there's going to be on the screen an address, info at bridgefbg.com. And you can write in your prayer request. We'll get that out to our prayer team because we want to hold your arms up and be there for you. So feel free to write us. Uh, you're not putting us out. We welcome that because we want to stand with you. And Jesus, in quoting the prophet, in quoting God, said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And so that's what we are, a prayer for all the nations. So feel free to do that. And for those of you that are here with us, thrilled that you're here. And uh, also want to let you know, if you have any prayer needs or prayer requests, I want you to stop by the Connect Center on your way out. You can fill out a prayer card and then put it in any of the black boxes you see on the doorposts around the building. And so we'll get that out to our team. We'll pray with you, pray for you, and stand with you. And speaking of prayer, let's start with a first-time guest. So if you're first time here, thanks for being here. And we're glad that you're here hanging out with us today. We hope you're encouraged already, and it's going to be a beautiful day together, great experience. So thank you for being here. And we'd like to welcome our first-time guest with a hand clap, so you can put your hands together. Amen. Thanks again for being here. And if you are a first-time guest, we've got a little gift for you. Q, that's Wendy. So we've got a little gift for you. It's a bag, and it's filled with really cool stuff. We've got lots of things in there, and all it is, it's our way of saying thank you for spending your morning with us. And so if you'll just stop by the Connect Center on the way out, fill out a Connect card, and one of our ladies out there, our amazing hosts, will bless you with a bag and a gift. So thanks for being here today and enjoy that stuff. And um, also, oh, there was so something else. Oh, prayer, that's where I was. So uh, we have our VIP cards, and if you have yours today, why don't you go ahead and pull it out. We're going to pray for people. So on one side, there's seven blanks, and the other seven... It's 14 in all, and these are people that we are praying for their salvation. We're praying for them to come to Christ, and that's for you to get and for you to fill out people that are on your heart, and for those who are in a place of disconnect right now, and they need to be reconnected to God or to the body of Christ, and we want to pray for them as well. So you can pick up a VIP card on your way out. VIP simply means very important people or very important person. And we know they're important to God, and they're near and dear to our heart, too. So what we like to do is each week is take a moment and pray for them. We're also going to pray for our nation and for churches that are gathering all over the great city of Fredericksburg and our surrounding county and area, because we are a part of a much larger body of Christ. Amen? So let's pray for them. Father, in Jesus' name, we lift up these that are on our cards. Lord, there are hurting people in our very orbit. And could it be that we get to be a part of an instrument of righteousness for them to bring them good news, to bring them hope of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray for those on our card that don't know you, that, Lord, you would open their hearts. And if not us, somebody, Lord, we, we're not gluttons in that sense. We don't need the glory. We just want somebody, some way. If us, great. If not, somebody cross their paths that would bring hope, life, 
the good news of Jesus to them. And Father, for those that are away from you, that uh, much like the prodigal and the prodigal son, Father, we ask that you would bring the prodigals home. Lord, I thank you for the example of that story that Jesus told that it's the only place recorded in the Bible where, in the metaphor, God ran. The father ran to greet the prodigal. And so, Lord, I, I, would, I would ask that you run to prodigals, Lord, as they turn their hearts to you and we hold them up. We pray for our nation right now. And, Father, our nation always needs prayer, not just in these times, but at all times. So we, are, we want to be faithful to pray for our nation, for, for the leadership of our nation, Lord. And that truth and righteousness would be exalted above corruption and greed and power and positioning. And Lord, that, that righteousness would reign and justice would reign. And so we pray for our nation. Uh, Lord, our nation is torn. And we need healing. We need a miracle. We need a healing. Knowing that only you, only you can bring what we need. So we ask, we ask on behalf of our nation to heal our nation, heal our land. And Father, even though we know we're citizens of another kingdom, our feet are at least in this time. It's planted firmly on terra firma right here. So Lord, Lord, use us to be instruments of righteousness and justice in this world. We love you and we honor you. For the churches that are gathered across our community, we celebrate with them. We're in this thing together, Lord. We're better together, and we celebrate that we get to do this life together. And so bless them, encourage them. Father, pour out fresh fire, fresh wind, and fresh oil upon these congregations, Lord, as they continue to regather and, and regroup and grow again. Lord, encourage them, and we bless them. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen. Just to let you know a couple things that are going on. In fact, I was asked about this before the service. Our ladies are going to begin meeting again on Wednesday and Thursday starting January 27th and January 28th. Yeah, ladies, come on. And uh, you are going to do a great study, which I'm a little jealous of. I've done this study before. It's one of my favorites. It's by Robert Morris, and it's called The God I Never Knew. And it is an amazing study and exploration where he came out of a very conservative traditional background and then God began to teach him and grow him. It's just, it's a beautiful and fantastic study. One of my favorites that he does. And so that'll begin set the 27th and 28th. That's Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday night, 6.30 and Thursday morning will be 10 a.m. Uh, the information's on our website, so feel free to go there and click on that and that'll tell you where the class is meeting and the information that you need there. So anyway, be sure and be a part of that. And then uh, also to let you know that our bridge uh, church statements, our giving statements year in, are in the hallway, on the table, in the envelope. So you can go through that, find yours, only yours, find yours, and take that with you, and they'll be out there until they're all gone. And so be sure and uh, remember to stop and pick that up. Amen? Well, we're going to continue in the spirit of worship, in the spirit of, um, really the spirit of unity and communion, community, and receiving communion this morning. If you didn't pick up a cup this morning, if you'll raise up your hand, raise your hand and keep it high. Uh, Amy and Jason are coming down the aisle. They've got those, and they'll get that to you. If you've never participated in communion and you would like to today, we welcome you to join us in this. Uh, we're keeping the table open, uh, Jesus' table. So we'd love for you to participate with us, even if you've not done it. And our ask for anyone whether you're a follower of Jesus or maybe you're stepping into this fresh, is to always examine your heart before the Lord and say, Lord, I, I don't know all this, I don't understand it, but I open my heart to you 
examine my heart and anything that's not of you, I just want it gone. Just ask him. Ask him to do that for you. And so as we get ready to do this, I want to remind you that a little housekeeping thing. Peel the clear layer first about three-quarters of the way back. I've got to get specific. So about three-quarters of the way back, that way you don't fling your bread over to somebody else. And then to your neighbor. And then also next, peel the gold layer back about the same. And that will expose the juice. And you've got all that real handy there. So Jesus had been with his disciples for three years, and they had seen it all. Can you imagine watching Lazarus come bounding out of a tomb, bound up like a mummy, hopping? His legs were bound together. He was hopping like a mummy coming out at Jesus' word as Jesus called him out. Can you imagine the conversations at the dinner table with the disciples after that? Or the man who was at the pool of Bethesda, waiting and waiting for the stirring of the water and it never came for him he couldn't get to the water and so he had been there his whole entire life and jesus asked him what sounds like a crazy question he says do you want to be made whole do you really want to be made not just well but whole body mind spirit that's the whole kit and caboodle right there and they witnessed the miracle and you, we can go on. There are miracle after miracle. Can you imagine being on, on, a, on the boat out on the Lake of Galilee and the storm comes up suddenly and they're in fear for their lives and all Jesus has to do is get up and say, Peace, be still. And it was. They witnessed physical miracles, natural miracles, physiological things. They saw it all. Geographical miracles. They saw everything. And now it culminates in a night before he was betrayed and they're sitting at the table. And in good Jewish fashion, it's real easy to think of and picture because we've done this to the Lord's table and communion is we've made it a very somber thing. And that's okay. It's fine and good and well. But imagine if you will, a group of disciples after three years of learning, growing, having their minds blown continually, and they're with Jesus. And they have no idea what's about to happen. And so on that night, before he was betrayed, they were together. So Jesus, in a very poignant moment, captures a snapshot of the moment. And he says, when you come together like this, I don't think it was somber. I think it was celebratory and joyful. Remember Jesus, the one that the Bible says was anointed with the oil of joy more than all of his brethren? This is Jesus, the one full of joy, the originator of. The fruit of the Spirit comes out of Jesus. Love, joy, peace. Number two is joy, right behind love. He, the one full of love, full of joy is at the table with all of them. And in Jewish fashion, it wasn't quiet just telling you. It's, it, wasn't, it wasn't what you think. So as they're there telling the story, celebrating, Jesus pauses the moment for it and he takes a piece of bread, a piece of unleavened bread, matzah bread, and he holds it and he says, this is my body given for you. Remember, they didn't take him. He gave his life. They didn't take it. He gave it willingly. This is my body given for you. He took up a we call it a common cup. He took a goblet and he picked it up and he 
held it before him, and it had wine in it. And he said, this is my blood. My blood poured out for you. And he says something interesting. He said, it's going to be for the removal or the remission of many sins. And you can imagine them sitting there after being with Jesus. They've kind of got a handle on him. He's, he's always surprising them with teachable moments. And here it is, another moment. He says, whenever you come together like this, I want you to remember me by doing this. And this is why we do communion every week. It's to put, it's to press pause on the craziness and drama of life. And for us, for a moment, rewrite the story, rewrite the narrative in the moment. Say, no, we remember. This is what this is all about. It says that after he blessed the elements, he blessed the bread and wine. They took it together. So, Lord Jesus, Father, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence. We bless. and We ask that you bless these elements. We take them, Lord, celebrating our union with Christ and our community with one another. And we are grateful. And this morning, right now, we remember. That's all that matters in this moment, right now. Not what we're going to be doing later. Not what we did yesterday. But right now, this moment, this is all that matters. This is all we have. And we remember Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Take the elements. Amen. Our guys are going to be coming around. They have a trash receptacle. They'll pick those up for you. We're going to turn our attention to generosity and giving. One of my favorite things. In fact, I wrote a, uh, there's been a common theme. Let me just put it this way. There's a common theme that God speaks to me in themes. Sometimes he speaks to me like an, over a period of time, and sometimes it's short, and it, he's an individual. He can do what he wants and say it like he wants. But all week long, I've had this theme, and the theme is basically... Uh, it's receive and release, receive and release. And I was in my, in my room, and I was looking. I've got more than one guitar. We'll just stop with that. Um, and I'm looking at one of my guitars, and it's a beautiful guitar. And it's an electric guitar. And my daughter said, oh, Daddy, I love that guitar. That's my, that one's the prettiest. And as she sang it, I felt, sensed in my mind, did not hear words, but in my mind I sensed, the Lord saying, you're going to give that one away. It's not for you. I didn't go into weeping and gnashing of teeth. I didn't start <laughs> scheming how I'm going to get one to take its place. I'm just, I'm just telling you, that's how God works with me. And through the years, we've lost count. Annette probably knows how many. but I've, I've lost, She's the numbers person. But I've lost count of how many guitars and amps and gear I've given away to young people who were learning to play and needing to play. And the Lord will sometimes just say, be generous. This is an opportunity for you to be generous. And uh, it's always a joy to release. I receive and I release. And the Bible in the book of Genesis says we are blessed to be a blessing. That's what we get to do. So I don't know where that's going to go. And I know when it's time and the right I'll know exactly what to do. And, and it'll be a pleasure to do that. Because I get to do that. That's what generosity is about. It's a get to, not got to or have to. It's a get to. So as we give today, I want to say thank you to all of you. We have the most faithful church that Annette and I in all of our years have ever been a part of. The most giving, most faithful. And I want to say thank you for that. I really appreciate it. And I want to get our eyes on the ministers that we are blessed 
to support. And you'll see there's some different names up there. We've added some. So I want you to look at your eyes on that. And maybe one of those will stand out. And I would ask you to pray for them even as we get ready for, to do our offering. And there's two screens there. And so I just want you to see all those. We are blessed to support these ministries. That's what we do. And as I say, you're not giving to the church. You're giving through the church. That's what we get to do. So I would invite you. Uh, as you give this morning, if you came prepared to give, you can give in any of the black boxes here. And we're going to stand up for worship in a moment, and you can go, uh, go give your, your offering there and bless it as you do. Just say, Lord, bless this, and take it where it needs to go, and, and stewardship, all that. It's beautiful. So if you'll do that uh, while we sing, we'll celebrate generosity today. Now, we're also going to release our kids as Lori is gathering them while I was doing that. So, Lori, you're awesome. Let's pray for our kids real quick, and we're going to pray for our offering as well at the same time. So go ahead and stand to your feet. <laughs> Father, we love you and honor you. It's our blessing and our privilege to be able to give and to be generous and to make a difference, Lord. And for all these ministries, we're blessed to support and encourage. We pray for them. Father, may, may they sense and feel supported and encouraged and loved and blessed, Lord, as they in their respective spheres of influence bring a gospel of Jesus to others. Father, for our children and our leaders today, Lord, bless and encourage the next generation. Father, protect their destinies, Lord. Protect their destinies in you. We love them and bless them. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen. You're released to give. Let's worship together.
Father, we are so grateful that you overcame, and because you overcame, we can overcome as well, because we are seated in Christ in heavenly places. We are in that place of authority and favor with you, in you, abiding, living, dwelling, and we are so grateful this morning. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of worship, the privilege of communion, the privilege, Lord, of blessing our children as they go, and the privilege of giving and sowing in generosity. We honor you and love you. We prepare and turn our hearts, Father, to the word of God, and we say, Lord, teach us. Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth who leads us and guides us into truth, be our teacher today. We love you and honor you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. You can be seated. So last week we were talking about redigging the old wells. And what that literally means is that um, there are times in your life where you've had moments where there was a deep well of life that you drew out of. It may have been a worship song that touched your heart. It may be a, a class that you attended or a youth camp that you were at and God showed up. And it could be any kind of moment that filled your tank. It filled your bucket. It filled you up to the place of full and overflowing. And so we talked about what does it look like to go back and redig some of the old wells. And it's a great exercise. It's something that I do on an ongoing basis where I'll remember something. For example, I'll remember a song. I'll remember something like, uh, So You Want to Go Back to Egypt by Keith Green, which is an old school, amazing, late 70s, early Christian contemporary when things were just starting to go that way. And I'll go back to those times, and I'll listen to that music, and it, it refills my tank. 
it re-energizes and, and fills me up. And so we talked about that last week. And so having talked about that last week, I got quite a few responses from several of you saying, I went back and I listened to this old hymn. Or I went back and found this old, this, these notes in my Bible from a sermon from 20 years ago that spoke to my heart. So redigging the wells can look like a lot of different ways because we're all different and individual. So I want to invite you, encourage you to spend some time this week redigging the old wells. What happens is life. Tornadoes come and go, right? We get an F5 tornado through our life, and all of a sudden, all of the wells that have been given us life get covered over with debris. And then over time, you move on, life happens, things go on, you course correct or whatever, and you move on and you recover. But a lot of times, we'll leave the debris on some of those old wells. You might call them foundations. And it's good to go back and uncover those and redig those and begin to enjoy the life that they brought to you then, and now they'll bring life to you now in a new and fresh way. And so, uh, before we get started, I want to share a little bit of a story with you in a minute, but I want to do this as we get started, because really, one of the wells that I have redug is really reclaiming the power of our words and the power of the spoken word, particularly God's word or God's word put into our words where we can literally speak. And that, for me, when I learned that principle of speaking, declaring, and decreeing the word of God, which is the will of God and the ways of God, I mean, I saw a movement happen when I did that. And that was years ago. I'm redigging those wells, and I'm enjoying the fountains that are flowing out of them. They've refreshed my soul. So I want to encourage you in this. If you look up at the screen, we're going to do this prayer. We did this last week. It's a prayer of declaration based on God's Word. So if you look at it, let's get started. I'm going to, do, I'm going to say, ready, read. That's how we're going to start. So ready, read. Father, thank you for keeping me securely in your capable hands. Today, I choose faith over fear and hope over, yeah. I am your sheep and listen to your voice in this very moment as you lead me and guide me through and over everything that comes my way this day. In Christ, I am an overcomer and victor, and according to your word, I reign in this life. In Jesus' name, somebody say it. Amen and amen. Sorry to laugh. Who's running the board back there? Itchy finger. Sorry, Russ, the man. Russ is the man. So it's fun. Here's the thing about it, about prayer and things like that. You can't mess it up. You can't break it. So, man, you just go and, and run with it and have fun with it. And, yeah, you can even laugh in the middle of the time that you're praying, right? God's good. So we're going to talk about today this idea, and it's really a principle that I learned early on in my Christian walk called Receive and Release. I mentioned it earlier. That's the title of today's message. And so we're going to go to John chapter 15. If you're looking in your Bible and you want to go there, John chapter 15, we'll start in verse 9. And uh, we're not going to read that quite yet because I want to share something. Early on in my Christian walk, I mean, I was so on fire for God. I mean, crazy, just so hungry. I mean, my life was radically transformed from where I was going and where I'd been and, and where it looked like my destiny was. All of that got rerouted, and the trajectory of my life completely changed. God rewrote the story, rewrote the narrative, and it's been beautiful, journey, crazy, wild ever since. And so in those early days, I was always just asking God big, big stuff. God, God. 
let's win the world. Let's go. I'm going to get a Bible and a passport. We're going to go win the world to Jesus, you know, tomorrow. So, I mean, it's just real excited and young and, and on fire, like 19, 20 years of age. And I remember I was living by myself. Well, I did have a roommate, and he was good guy I grew up with and so we were living over in the in the Texas Tech ghetto in Lubbock <laughs> it was a ghetto big time dangerous actually and uh, we had no business living over there but we were there because it was cheap so we were there and we were having the time of our lives we were reading God's word we were just going after God we didn't care no fear at all and so I remember one time crying out to God and I said God open my eyes and let me see what you see and let me feel what you feel. Let me ask you an honest question. Have you ever prayed something and then later regretted that you prayed that prayer when God answered it? <laughs> Just be real. Be human. Be honest. So that was me because, I mean, literally within a very short, like a day, I started, and I even remember incidents where I started to see past the courtesy smiles and the courtesy greetings and the, yeah, great. How are you doing? Fine. Great. Yeah. Or, you know, you're checking out the store and you, you ask the, the clerk a question, like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Thank you. Well, how are you really doing? Uh, I'm great. You know, they're just, just, they're betraying it because the Lord let me see past what was evident there. And I, and, and I would feel it. It was empathy in the, in to the nth degree. I'm already an empath. I already feel things. So it was like overload. And I probably wept off and on a lot for about three months as God opened my eyes and let me see and let me feel. But that wasn't the end of the story. There was a third element to that. I didn't even ask for this. He just inserted it. He does that sometimes. And it was to act. So not only was I seeing, not only was I feeling, he now pressed me to act upon what I was seeing and feeling. And what it was, it was though I was, I was getting a download from throne, from throne Central. I mean, a, a download of his heart. And it was my first, because I'll say there are many layers to this. That was my first revelation of the love of God and how much he loves people. People I judged, people I condemned, people I... I'm marginalized because they don't think like me or agree with me or they have a different way of seeing, they have a different perspective on life or a different moral compass than I do. Because, you know, we're, we're all right, right? I mean, if, if it's yours, then you're right, correct? I mean, it's how we think. Whether we admit it or not, we're super egocentric, and we do. We think in these terms of, yeah, I probably kind of got it figured out, you know. And what God was doing was peeling away and stripping away the layers of pride and junk and judgment and condemnation. And after that, I sort of walked with a limp for a while, like Jacob. I just had a limp. It was like I was so broken. And here's the deal. Life goes on. Lots of stuff happens. And then you wake up one day and you go, wait, where, where is it? You just realize it's not there to the degree it was. And so one of the wells that I started redigging back in December when I was praying about my, my word for my one word for 2021, uh, I can't handle a bunch of resolutions, but I can handle one word. So my one word for 2021 is love. 
And it reminded me, and the Lord reminded me, I think he reminded me through that. You remember that time you prayed and asked for it? I'm like, oh, I won't do that again. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. It's like people who say, don't pray for patience, you know, because the wheels will fall off your world. Well, he's going to get patience to you anyway, so don't think you can outsmart him by not praying for it, okay? He loves you. He's going to develop your character one way or the other, so get that out of your thinking. And so I've just been revisiting that and saying, Lord, open my eyes. Let me see what you see. Let me feel what you feel. And then let me act accordingly. I've got to be honest, family. It's messing me up in a good way. But it is messing me up. You know what I'm finding myself not being? I'm not mad right now. I'm not mad at the world. Disappointed? Yes. Angry? No. Man, y'all wouldn't believe this, but remember the song Angry Young Man by Sticks? That was me. I was that angry young man. I was so a hothead in high school and played on the football team and defensive captain and let's go kill somebody and snot knockers all over my helmet. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. My helmet was plastered front to back because I was that kid in there just giving it all because I was intense but because I was angry. And I took my anger out on the field and other places I don't like to talk about. I took my anger out in places I shouldn't. But it was before Jesus. So when Jesus started taking me down this track and started opening my eyes to love, wow, cue music. <laughs> we practiced that beforehand, just so you know. A little dramatic moment. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a Lifetime movie right now. It's like, there it is. <laughs> I was still going. Maybe I should do something different. But listen, I'm sorry, I'm just being silly, but when God wrecks you with love and then you go back and redig the well, it's almost more fresh the second time than it was the first because I'm older and hopefully a little smarter than I was then, a little wiser, got a few more, you know, got some more miles on my tires. And so now it's like it's so fresh again. And I have to tell you, it's, it's, it's a good thing. I want to invite you this week. If you didn't spend some time doing that, do it this week. Take this as a homework assignment. No grade, just joy. Just enjoy it. And go back and redig some wells. Find that old Bible. I've got an old Bible in my office that I've had since I was saved. And I started writing down important events to me. And it's got my whole spiritual history in it. All like several pages. And I just little block. And I'll go back and just reread through some of those. And it's redigging the wells all over again. It's a powerful thing. Receive and release. John 15, 9, as we turn the corner, listen to this. Jesus had this amazing ability to receive and release. And that's what he did with me with the love thing. Receive it and now do something with it. Receive it and release it. So on verse 9, as the Father loved me, Jesus speaking, right after he told about the vine and the branches, it's that. In the context of that and coming out of that, he says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Now, do you see what Jesus just did? He received the love of the Father. And as he did, he now has released it into them. That's what receive and release is. It's the idea, do you want to be, be a reservoir or do you want to be a river? I don't know about you. I want to be a river through which God flows 
touches the world. A reservoir just sits there. It may look pretty and it may breed some big bass, but it's just a body of water. But a river, ah, oh, river. River brings life wherever it goes and it goes and it goes. Jesus says, as the Father loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. I have to unpack this a little bit because that word abide is huge. Now, abide is not just, oh, I'm going to go swing in a hammock on a warm spring day in the presence of Jesus. And then when it's not a warm spring day, I might not sit in the hammock with Jesus. I Because I'm busy and I have a work life and my work life and my Christianity and church life are separate. Whoa, whoa, that's not what Jesus is saying here. He's talking about abiding. The word abide, it's a Greek word, and it literally means to dwell in, to live in, to take up residence, or to move into. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you, I did a survey in the first service, and it was shocking all. How many of you, just be honest, enjoy moving? Enjoy the process of moving? We have one strange individual right here, Andrea. Um, if we ever move, I'm calling you. I'm just saying. So we've moved way more than we like. And just by nature of, you know, what I've done as an as adult in my adult life, it's kind of like a football coach or a military individual. I mean, you, just, you, get, you get sent and deployed to other places. And so we've moved a lot to the point now, if I think about it, I start getting sweats and getting jittery because I don't like it. I do not like it. But here's what moving is. Moving into Christ is the same thing that's moving for an individual. You're literally packing up every single thing you have. You are relocating your residence. You're changing your address from living over here. We lived at 1210 Coal Lane at one point, and now we live out in the boonies. And so we had to change, but we had to move everything. We couldn't leave things in the old house and just tell the new owner, hey, look, I don't really want to mess with packing some of this stuff, so we're just going to leave it here, and uh, we'll come get it later. How absurd would that be? That homeowner would say, no, I don't think that's how this works. Come get your stuff or it's going to be out on the lawn or Goodwill's going to get, have a good day just because we're not keeping it. But we do that in our faith life. We say, I'm going to mo partially move in with Jesus. I'm just going to rent a space for a little bit. So I'm just going to move in for a little bit, but I'm going to leave my stuff over there because I'm going to want to go back and get it. And really, it's not stuff I'd want Jesus to really have in his person anyway, so I'm just going to leave it over there. And then when I get tired, I'm going to go back over there and play with that, and then I'll come back. That is not what this is. Jesus says abiding. The Scripture says, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Live in, move into my love. He's saying lock, stock, and barrel. Every single thing you have. The good, the great, the bad, and the ugly. You bring it all with you. You don't leave it at another residence. You relocate yourself into Christ. And now you say, and let me tell you something. When you do that, some things that you liked back over there won't look so good over here. It changes your filter and through which you see the things of your life. And suddenly, that habit 
that thing, that besetting sin, that thing, that recurring, it looks ugly now. It looks really ugly. And this is why a lot of people don't like to abide in Christ, because it's ugly. We have to face who we are. He says this. Now, verse 10. So now we've moved in. We've relocated, did a change of address thing. We got all that sent off, relocated everything. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, by the way, that's not the 10 in the Old Testament. Don't, so don't go semantically there. If you keep my words, if you keep my teachings, if you keep my precepts, if you keep my teachings, precepts, doctrines, he says, you will abide in my love. In other words, if we do what he says, if we say, yes, Lord, I ask, I believe, I receive, and now I'm going to do. I'm going to act on what you're telling me. I'm going to act on what your word is teaching me. And now if we do that, he says this, you will move in to my love. Here's what I found. Love does not dwell in a contaminated vessel. It's looking for purity. It's looking for something clean. Not perfect, but clean. Or at least something that is leaning into that, but it will not reside and dwell in. It's as, it's as though darkness can't dwell where light remains. They can't. They're not compatible. Now, I'm not saying clean your outer cup and then he'll come take up residence in you. I'm just saying when you begin to move into, relocate, Move your stuff, pack your stuff. You need to have a garbage sale or a garage sale. Sometimes it's both. And you need to get rid of, declutter that, and only move in what is of him. He says, if you keep, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments, precepts, and abide in his love. Remember what we said? You receive and you release. You receive and you release. Verse 11. Jesus says this, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be what? Full. My original title for this message was Fill Her Up and Top Her Off. <laughs> what can I say? That's how deep I am sometimes. I worked for Texaco when I was in high school as a junior. What did every farmer in America say when they drove up to a full-service station? Fill her up, top her off, check the oil. I mean, you know, just, you know, make sure you get my windshield, whatever. And, and so that's common language to me. That's what I grew up hearing and, and then in my work life. And the idea is this, is that Jesus is the originator of joy. We see him. In, this is why I went there with the, with the uh, communion moment, is that we see him as somber, have you seen some of the paintings from the Renaissance era? Anguish and agony. Do you think that those children, that the disciples had to try to fight back from Jesus when the children wanted to come to him? Do you think if he looked like that tormented soul from the 1600s on that velvet painting, do you think those children would have been all over him? No. What was it about Jesus that was attractive? The same thing that's attractive to us, to other people, it's people who are overflowing with joy, overflowing with life, overflowing with grace. Chuck, Melissa came up to me one time, standing down here. Ooh, that hit me really hard when I said that. And Melissa came up to me and she said, Pastor Jimmy, I got to tell you something. I said, what? And it was after the, it was between services. 
You know how she can get a little intense sometimes, right? She's all up in my face, in my grill, in my area, in my space. No three feet here, no six feet. It's like, and she's looking at me, and she's, for all she's worth, she said, you are an ambassador of joy. You know what I said? I take that. I receive that. Thank you, Melissa. Then she bounced off to go talk to somebody else. And, and that's, that, that so is so my heart. Because listen, family, life happens, right? I mean, stuff goes south real quick. Wheels fall off of things. Things break. Relationships crash and burn. The Hindenburg, I mean, that's sometimes what our lives look like. But here's the deal. In the middle of that craziness, we can abide in Christ and abide. We can move into, relocate into him. And no matter what is happening in this nutty, crazy world, and it's nuttier and crazier than I've ever seen it in my short life, relatively short. Some of you young people are going, what? You're old. Some of your older folks are going, you're like a kid. So I get it. I'm right in the middle. But here's the deal. This crazy life, I've never seen what we're seeing now. But there is a place of rest. There's a place of peace. And even, man, to me, I think it's, it's number two on the list. Joy. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the proof, the product, the proof of His presence is love, joy, peace. Man, you get those three, the rest come right along, right? Patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the ability to govern oneself. That's all the fruit of the Spirit, not the flesh. And when you're in Him, when you relocate your residence into Christ, you now have all of those flowing. And people come up to you and they don't think, oh my gosh, that dude's so negative. Ugh. Every time I get around him, the air just gets toxic. You ever been around folks like that? I don't know about you. I'm allergic to those kind of people. I'm just, I think I have a physiological allergy, allergic reaction. A visceral reaction to negativity. So when I get around people like that, I'm just like, yeah. And what happens is I hear, run, Forrest, run. I mean, it's like, get out of there. Go. I can't tolerate it for very long. And so I have to get out of it and go, whoa, realign, realign, renew, renew, transform, transform by the renewing of my mind, changing the way I think. And then I have to, like, re-gear myself because that poison, it poisons your spirit. And Jesus, it says, was, he says this that my joy may remain, stay in you, and that your joy may be topped off and filled up to the full. That means absolutely full, to the brim. Anything that is to the rim or the brim is going to spill out, right? Somebody spilled their coffee this morning, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're walking through the house trying to be, you know, the harder you try, the worse it is. Am I the only human that happens to? The harder I try not to spill, the, the more quiet I try to be in the morning, the louder I am. I mean, it's just crazy how all that works. There's probably something to that. But I, I'm telling you, when it is full to the brim, you're going to spill it. And then you get right to where you're going, and right before you set it down, you spill it. And can I get an amen? This is where life is lived. All right, so he's saying this. Man, my joy is going to be in you. And it's going to be to the brim. And the least little jostle that comes along in this world, and we're getting jostled a lot right now, guess what flows out? Guess what runs over the edge? Joy. Joy. Somebody today needs to take up their residence in Jesus. You need to redig that old well for yourself. 
I want our worship team to make their way up while I land the plane here. Verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. You know what that means? We're not talking about loving by, oh, give me a hug, bring it in. We're talking about a love that says this in verse 13. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You know what the word lay down is? It's not the word crucify. Because we immediately default to that from a religious perspective. Well, Jesus died for us, so that's laying his life down. That's not what that means. The word laid down literally means to reposition. In other words, when you lay your life down, you're positioning yourself in the presence of your friend. That means being there. To lay down your life is to position yourself in their proximity. It's they're on your mind. Bill Loveless is a good example. Some of y'all know Uncle Bill. I call him Uncle Bill. So Uncle Bill Loveless texts me every Sunday morning a word of encouragement because he knows I'm going to be preaching and speaking. Every Sunday morning he texts me. One time he didn't, and I thought the world was coming to an end. I thought the rapture came, I got left behind. <laughs> Bill's gone, I'm stuck here through the tribulation or whatever. I didn't know, I'm like... So I was actually a little messed up by it. I'm just human, family. I, I, I'm, I have to go out of here, and I'm like, man, the bill did not ride. Is my phone working? Is everything? Check this thing out. I mean, I was a little tore up about it. Later, I had lunch with him. I said, bro, you have set a precedent that you now cannot break. You've started something. It's like when we, when we open the cheese in our house, our dogs, I mean, a train could be running by, a tornado be blowing, and that dog can hear us opening a cheese wrapper from outside. I don't know. They don't hear anything else. Somebody comes and breaks into the house, take everything. They don't move. But you open a cheese wrapper, they're come running. I'm just saying, and they're out of control when they get there. Well, we've set a precedent that will never be broken, ever. And the funny thing is, they don't recognize any other rappers, but they recognize, I don't know how. I'm the same way with Bill. If he does not send me that encouragement, I'm wrecked. So I told him, I said, you can't do that to me, bro. You, you've started something. Now, if you don't, I'm like wondering, what's wrong with Bill? Is he okay? Did he have a heart attack? Did COVID take him? I mean, I'm like, what is going on? So he, he's very diligent now after my little tirade. That's what a friend does, though. A friend shows up. A friend's there. A friend hears you say, hey, don't stop doing that, and says, oh, I'm of course correct, because I love you, Jimmy. So he wrote me this morning. You want to hear what Uncle Bill had to say? Some of y'all know Bill. I'll share it with you. Good morning, Jimmy. Praying for your church family today, that they hear, believe, walk in, and spread the truth to everyone in their six square feet. So love you, brother. It's a Roman thing, six square, Roman army thing. You, you guard, you protect your six square feet. That's everybody on your, on your peripheral. And if the Roman army protected everybody in their peripheral, then the army advanced. That's how they conquered most of the known world in their time. They protected their six square feet, which means the people in your proximity. So that's from Uncle Bill. Now, Verse 14, you're my friends if you do whatever I command you. Again, not the 10. So I want to land with this. Verse 15, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But Jesus to his disciples says this, but I have called you friends. 
For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. All of this that's happening, this exchange of joy, this abiding in love, this laying our lives and positioning our lives for one another comes in the context, in the context of Jesus receiving from the Father and releasing it. So my encouragement, two things this week. Redig some old wells. What gave you life? What brought you life? Go find that cassette tape that you loved, that brought life to you. Actually, look it up on Spotify because you probably won't even have a tape player now for it. But go, go look up on streaming. You can find anything on streaming now. And go back and revisit those things that gave you life. Redig some old wells. The second thing is, I want to ask you to receive from him and then release what you've received to those to use Bill's words, your six square feet, those people in your proximity. I'm telling you, if we will do this and lean in, the joy will abound and overflow in your life. And next week when we do worship, the roof just might come off. We're going for that. We'll fix it if we need to, but we want it, we want it to come off because of the worship, praise, and joy that's happening in this place. So I invite you to stand to your feet. Would you do so and bow your heads and close your eyes? We're going to bring the lights down a little bit. We're going to do what we've been doing every week, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit in the book of John our teacher, the one who leads us and guides us into all truth. That's it. So we're going to invite the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I want you to say this right now. Bow your head, close your eyes. Say it in your words, but I'm going to say it out loud, and you can say it in your way. Holy Spirit. What do you want me to get out of today? What do you want me to take away from the worship, the prayer, all the pieces that have happened today, the word? Teach me. What do you want to teach me today? What do you want me to learn today? Thank you, Father, that you're faithful. And now, Lord, our heart is to receive and to release what you have given to us in the way of blessing. So even as we sing this, Lord, we're, we're singing this to you. We're going vertical with it, but we're also singing it to one another. And we make some declarations right now. We want to stand on for our children and our families and our friends this week. And so as we sing this, Lord, this is our anthem. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Let's go out with this today.
shine upon you, be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. 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 Amen.
Somebody say, wow. Wow, Wow, God. Lord, we love you so much. We say, yay, God. Yay, God. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the privilege of this declaration over our families. Your favor. You go before us. You make a way where there is no way. And Lord, even this week, Father, our declaration, our prayer, our belief is that you're going to open doors that were closed. You're going to make a way where there was no way. We lean into and trust you, Lord, because you're good all the time. And all the time, you're good. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. Amen. Love you. Have a great week on purpose.